listening to the Viking PT Podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, hello. Welcome, you're listening to the Viking PT Podcast. This is where we develop strength within and pride through. <coughs> oh my god, I should stop doing that. Yes, this is episode number six. Last week we talked about motivation, so if you're feeling unmotivated and you missed you missed last week's episode, then go back, number five, motivation, where I talk about my favorite motivational speakers. I don't know how many times I can say motivation in one sentence, but yeah, if you are feeling down in the dumps, go back, listen to episode number five, hopefully it helps you out. Um, Today is a brand new episode, and today we're going to be talking about something that's been happening, uh, I think it happened last Sunday, and it's it's been talk of the town all week. This is, of course, the Nike's, well, Nike's mannequin controversy stuff that's been happening. There's a journalist that went off, and everyone just threw the hate on her, and we're going to be talking about that, giving you my thoughts, and uh, seeing what your thoughts are as well. So that's still to come. We've also got protein powder as the other topic. I wanted to talk about, you know, some people are still unsure if they should be taking protein powder, what the benefits are, etc., etc. That is still to come. And of course, if we've got time, I'd like to talk about creatine as well for that added bonus in your nutrition. But yes, if you are actually brand new and you're, you've never heard of me before, then allow me to introduce myself. My name is Dan Locke. I'm also known as the Viking PT. I'm a full-time personal trainer. My hobbies include going to the gym, playing Simpsons, tapped out photography, making videos, making people laugh, playing guitar, watching any movie that has Jim Carrey and I like to travel the world. I'm originally from the UK, but I currently live in the Gold Coast, Australia. So yeah, that kind of brings you up to speed, kind of gives you that little taste of what I'm about. And uh, yeah, let's begin today's episode. First, the news. Yeah, I bet you like that. That's a new little uh, little feature, free of charge there. Little uh, little jingle to introduce the news. Get on with it, get on with it. Okay, so basically, in the news this week, things that I wanted to address, things that I wanted to let you guys know, is that uh, I've completely changed and redesigned the online shop. So those of you that use my website, thevikingpt.com, you'll see that the shop is completely different now. It's not just programs and stuff like that. You now you can shop by goal. This is revolutionizing. <laughs> revolutionizing. Re- Did I say that right? Revolutionizing. Yeah. Revolutionizing the way that you shop for your programs and things like that. So basically you go on there and I've got four categories at the moment to choose from. So for example, if you wanted to lose some fat, lose some weight, there's the fat loss section, you've got the muscle gain section, you want to go into strength training, there's a strength section, and then of course my ultimate guide section, which is what I've been working very, very hard on. (laughs) That sounded absolutely filthy. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so you've got those four sections, and I'm, I'm constantly adding programs and workouts each each day for each section. So, for example, like the differences are that fat loss, muscle gain, and strength all have different rep ranges, exercises, and sets, and rest period times. And basically, each one I want to give my guidance for whatever suits your goals, basically. And I wanted to make it very, very clear that the ultimate guides are completely different to all of the other three categories. So the ultimate guides are like a full book-like, well, it's an ebook basically, and they, they can be around 30 pages long, and I go into depth about anatomy, muscle purpose, and I also add multiple workout plans in each guide, whereas if you go back to the fat loss, muscle gain, and strength categories, they are strictly just one workout, 
for a cheaper cost, no bullshit, there it is, there's your rep range, there's your sets, off you pop, off you go. Whereas the guides are more like breakdowns of each muscle in the group. For example, there's like a, there's the leg master ultimate guide to legs, which is breaks down into, you know, the quads, the hamstring, the glutes, the, the, um, the calves. And it goes into detail about why we need to train them, how much we need to train them. And then there's also the exercise, uh, demonstrations of how each of the main lifts and, and things like that are done. And then it gives you proper guidance with, you know, how to train, what to prepare for, what shoes to wear, all the details. That's why it's a little bit more expensive compared to the the other categories. So just wanted to make that especially clear. All right. I wanted to make that absolutely clear. The ultimate guides are completely different to the workout plans. Okay. Awesome. Also in the news, we have a brand new episode of Viking in the Kitchen. So basically, uh, a few weeks ago, I announced the launch of a new web series, a video series on my YouTube channel called Viking in the Kitchen. It's where I show you my healthy recipes, making, make show, just showing you how quick and easy making food and, and snacks and treats can be, especially, you know, we're trying to keep it healthy as well. And I just want to show you how easy and cheap it is to do so. This week, we filmed the Reese's, my Reese's style peanut butter protein treats. They've been a classic in my menu for years and years. And I wanted to show you a detailed video on how to make those. So that's available on the YouTube channel. You just got to go to youtube.com foot. Sorry, leads in the way. YouTube.com forward slash Viking PT, and it's all there, or you could just go to the website, and I'm sure you'll find it on the homepage. All right, what's been happening lately that's unfitness related? So, I don't know if, about you, it might depend on your age, but I have been a huge fan of Lost, you know, the TV show Lost for a, a very long time, and me and my partner Chloe have started to watch Lost every single night we average about four episodes and it's just a head fuck it really is from start to finish we're on we're in the middle of series three right now and it's i just love it it's so confusing so many questions absolutely love it anybody who has watched lost especially when it first came out on tv and you had to watch each episode each week then you leave you leave a love it or you hate it but uh it's it's a classic nonetheless, and so we've just been watching that, and it's I'm getting really into it. I absolutely love it. It's kind of taken over um, Game of Thrones and, dare I say it, Vikings. But uh, that's only because Vikings is taking a break right now. <clears throat> so, yeah, Lost, and I absolutely love bloody... What's his name? Sawyer. I love Sawyer's little uh, nicknames for everybody and his little catchphrases and stuff. He's just an absolute amazing character and actor and it's just a brilliant show. So that's what's been happening in the personal life. <laughs> just been watching Lost, really. Nothing nothing else. Just watching Lost and writing programmes for people. So uh, quids in. <laughs> anyway, that's the news still to come on today's show. So we're still going to talk about the main subjects in just a little minute, but of course, just a reminder, we are still going to be having the main segments of the podcast, such as answering your questions that you've sent in. We're going to be talking about my exercise tip of the week, my three gym tracks of the week to listen to, and of course, ending the podcast episode with quote of the day. Right, so let's go straight into today's topic, starting with this Nike mannequin scandal slash controversy. Basically, what's happened this week is that Nike's flagship store in London decided to dress their front front of house, I guess, isn't it? Front of house, the, the, the front of their store, they've dressed their mannequin, which is a plus-size mannequin, by the way. That's an important factor. And it's at the very front of the store, you know, in the window display, showing their plus-size range, right? Nothing wrong with that. There's, uh, there's a, a, a lady who tweeted the picture of the front of the store, and it went off. 
it went viral. If you haven't seen it already, just quickly Google uh, Nike mannequin, and it, I'm sure it'll be the top result, um, just so you, you can uh, see what I'm looking at. So, yeah, the reason why this has been in the news is because there's been controversy. There's a little journalist called Tanya Gold. She's a journalist for The Telegraph, and she saw that Nike were advertising plus-size gym clothing for women, and she didn't like that at all. It didn't sit very well with her, and she wanted to speak up, and this is what she said. So this is just, again, this is a journalist from The Telegraph last Sunday, just after seeing the Nike plus size range. This is what she has to say. Oh, and I'm going to do this in the voice of David Attenborough, just for that comedic effect. I fear that the war on obesity is lost or has even, as is fashionable, ceased to exist, for fear of upsetting people into an early grave. The new Nike mannequin is not size 12, which is healthy, or even 16, a hefty weight. Yes, but not one to kill a woman. She is immense... <laughs> immense. She is immense, gargantuan... And vast. She's. She, <laughs> she heaves with fat. The facts are obvious. Stay that weight, and you'll be an old woman in your fifties. The obese Nike athlete is just another lie. <laughs> Again, I'm not laughing at what she said, I'm just laughing at the voice. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's what. Tanya Gold said, and she's from the, that's from the Daily, the the Telegraph, whatever it's called, and uh, yeah, that's what's been causing a stir. Obviously, this woman is just fucking bonkers, and uh, it's just very uh, a negative piece, isn't it? It's I don't know, maybe she's just looking for attention. I'm sure she got fired or sacked or a slap on the wrist after releasing that. I can't believe they even printed that. To be fair, she's not. She doesn't get the final say which is really weird. That's another thing that we forget that the Telegraph are the ones who printed it. Or I don't know if it was printed or maybe it was on their online website or something on a blog. I don't I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that's someone else had to have the last say, surely. Anyway, personally, I think she should be shamed like Cersei um, walking the streets of King's Landing. Could you just imagine a bell? Ding! Shame! Ding! Shame! Ding! <laughs> just loads of, like, plus-size models just, like, throwing fruit at her and stuff. That would just be epic. And that's what she deserves, because she's an utter bitch. So that's, of course, my opinion. You're, in, you're, of course, entitled to your own opinion. And I'd love to hear your comments, and, and I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this whole thing of the Nike plus-size mannequin and things like that, because it's just so interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'm all for uh, plus-size women wearing gym clothes that are a plus size. I mean, just think about it. Like, what the fuck are women going to wear if they they haven't got... Okay, let's just, just picture this, will you? Just picture this. You've got a plus size woman, let's say, I don't know. I've, let's use the mannequin size, which I think was a size 20 or 22, I think, on the mannequin. So imagine if you're that size. And you want to go to the gym and you want to become smaller. You want to, you want to become healthier. You want to make a change. You want to change the, uh, the, sh- the size you are, right? So you need to wear gym clothes, right? Because obviously gym clothes are more beneficial. They can wick away sweat with some materials. You know, it's, it's just a given. You need to wear gym clothes when you go to the gym. You can't be wearing flip-flops and jeans or shitty polos from Quality Seconds. Uh, but do you know what I mean? So what the hell are women to wear if they can't buy the gym clothes that they need? It's like a catch-22. They need the gym clothes to wear to the gym to lose the weight so they can, if they wanted to, they can come down in size. Do you know what I mean? Come down in a dress size. But how do you expect people to lose weight if the 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 shops that are supposed to sell these gym clothes don't even offer you their the size that you are what kind of an image does that give out so the reason why i'm for 
this plus size gym. I can't believe we're talking about it. But yeah, the reason why I appreciate what Nike have done is because one, it's very inviting for bigger people to go into the store and make them feel welcome and included. That's the main thing. They're feeling included with this whole fitness industry. I mean, let's face it. They, this is the other thing. People with, that are plus size people. Is that the right? Can I say that? Plus size people, people that are bigger. Let's just go with that. People that are bigger have just as much, um, they need these clothes just as much as the average gym goer, or I'm, and I'm going to use inverted commas with the normal size person. They need these clothes just as much as the inverted commas normal size. I actually did the fingers there as well, even though this is a podcast, but yeah, they need the clothes just as much as anybody, you know, if not more because of the advantages that gym clothes offer, such as, like I said before, wicking away sweat and, you know, being breezy. Is that a word? Can I say this? Do I know what I'm talking about today? You know what I mean? You can't be going to the gym, like I say, with jeans on, it's restrictive clothing. If you go in with leggings, like gym leggings, there's a lot more benefits like stretching and uh, movability and things like that, mobility. And so, yeah, it's damn important that, people of all sizes can wear comfortable gym clothing. And I don't know what the fuck this person is on to say that it's wrong for Nike. Well, that's pretty much what she's saying. It's wrong for Nike to be advertising um, that it's okay to be that. I'm guessing she thinks that by Nike having plus size, um, plus sizes in their store is uh, promoting that it's okay to be a bigger size. But that's not, I don't think that's what they are going for. I think it's because they're trying to offer clothing for people, like I said before, to make them feel included, to so to give them clothes that's going to help them in their journey. Do you know what I mean? It's just a fucking given. And lots of people have had lots of things to say about it. If you just Google it or go on Twitter, there's loads of you know, people and she's, this woman is getting some serious backlash and she deserves it. So a couple of you have reached out to me and uh, shared your opinions and uh, things of that with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read out now um, something that was sent in from Hannah Durham. Hopefully I got that right and didn't butcher your last name. Um, Hannah sends in her opinion on this whole matter and I'd like to share it with you. So, uh, Check this out. Hannah Hannah says, from my experience, trying to buy fashionable gym gear as a plus size woman is nearly impossible. Most collections max out at size 14 to 16. Places like Gymshark, Do You Even, etc. Plus sizes need to be represented in all aspects of of the clothing industry. But in my opinion, especially in gym gear. Curvier girls are never going to walk through the door of a Nike of of Nike if they think they're going to be met with the embarrassment of not finding anything in their size. And if they can't find the clothes to wear, do you think they're they're going to go to the gym? Absolutely not. I'm not going, I'm sorry, I'm not saying plus size girls need to work out or lose weight. Your body, to, your body, your, I'm guessing she means your body your choice. But as someone who decided once to take that leap and step into the gym as a big girl with no idea what she was doing, having some decent clothes that fit would have made me feel much more confident. I maybe would have made the leap sooner. The article in the Telegraph is nothing short of ridiculous. She isn't going for a run in her shiny new gear. She can't run. She he's with fat. That was another quote. I should say that is another quote that I left out. She is. This is what Tanya Gold said. She said she isn't going for a run in her shiny new gear. She can't run. She heaves with fat. And Hannah then goes on to say, hang on, love. How do you know her athletic ability? Of course, weight will play a part in fitness. Naturally, the lighter you are, the the easier things are. But I'm bigger and I'll do my sprints on the treadmill and circuit training and sweat with a PT. 
Also, you're bullying people who already want to help themselves. Like people who laugh at the big people in the gym. Literally the worst breed. And I couldn't agree more there, Hannah. She also says, Always be kind to the bigger person in the gym. They're making a change and it's brave. And I 100% concur. I 100% agree with you there, Hannah. They're not, there's not a truer word said. And um, this is the thing. And I've said it before to people, in, especially when I work in the gym, when I'm meeting new people. Of course, when you go to a gym and you look over at the, the free weight section or also known as the manly section... I also like to sort of say to people, you know, uh, that we're seeing females go in there more and more, which is great. But I said, look, I'm not very, I'm not as impressed with people that can lift heavy, heavy weights. Like, you know, big macho guys come in and lift these stupid weights up up and down and stuff like that and, and slam them down on the floor. That to me, that's not impressive. And I don't have respect for that. What I do have respect for is like Hannah said, the people that are bigger coming into the gym, nine times out of 10, they're on their own. And I have so much more respect for those people that are, are trying to make a difference. They're trying to change their lifestyle. And I, I applaud them. And I have so much more respect for people like that in those, in their shoes than people that have come to the gym for years and just throwing weights around like it's nothing. Brilliant. Well done. You've learned how to do that. But when you walk down the street, no one's going to be like, all right, mate, I saw you the other day. Like I saw you pressing like 50 kilograms above your head. Fucking fair play, mate. Fair play. Like that's not, that's not going to happen. And it rarely happens. But I have, like I said, I have more respect for people that make those massive um, changes in their lifestyle and drop dramatic uh, dramatic I can't even speak I just basically really appreciate it when you know people come in and they're not used to the gym they're trying to make a difference they don't know anybody they're scared but they're there anyway and they're pushing through it they're fighting for it they're battling through mentally physically who knows financially maybe who knows what you know we don't know someone's story until we walk a mile in their shoes right so I have, in summary, (laughs) that just waffled on that summary, I have more respect for those type of people than people in the gym that are just cocky, arrogant fucks. People that are just lifting too much weight for their own good with shit form and shit friends. So that's my thoughts on that. (laughs) But on this, I've also done some research. So this is for the people that are living in in the UK. So you'll know who or what Primark is. Primark is a uh, a shop in the UK for those of you that aren't familiar, and it's it's basically like Target or Kmart, you know, places like this. Very cheap clothing, um, but a massive range. And I was on the website on Primark, and it's they've always been really really good with their sizes anyway. And unfortunately, you can't actually see their sizes on the website, which is really weird. Could you imagine how much money Primark would make if they decided to have an online shop? Could you imagine, like, the traffic that they'd need several warehouses? But anyway, that's they're missing a trick. That's not the point. The point is they that you go go to Primark and they've normally got plus sizes there or a plus plus size section at least but let's all i'm saying is primark is a very good example especially if you have you looked on their instagram lately like primark have got their instagram and recently their models they've they've completely changed they've completely gone their own path their models are missing teeth they're heavily tattooed women they're they their women have got no hair and they like some of them have prosthetic legs like these, this, this doesn't sound like your typical stereotypical model, you know? So I think Primark are, are really doing well and I really appreciate what they're, what they're doing. I, I admire their, their marketing statement. I don't know what this is. Is, is it a statement? Is it, is it, uh, you know, that kind of ab- shock advertisement? What is it? Whatever it is, it's working, I, I think. And I feel that it's a good step in the right direction and making sure that everyone feels equal and included and accepted it's good they kind of went a bit over the top when everybody 
featured had something, I'm not going to say wrong, but something different about them. There wasn't a single average person, basically, but that's not for me to to point out or decide. But Primark, yeah, good example, good sizes, you know, they don't fat shame or anything like that. Well done, Primark. I went over to Adidas, however. Adidas, obviously, very on par with Nike, and uh, their sizes go up to around 22, or XXL, if you're looking at their women's leggings, they don't actually have the sizes. They go in, you know, extra small to extra, extra large. And But the largest size is about 22, which is all right, I guess. That's that's something, isn't it? It's not like, because it's not like uh, other places that Hannah mentioned, like Gymshark, apparently only go up to size 16, which isn't even that big, which is crazy, isn't it? And then, of course, I went onto the Nike website, and these are all UK websites, by the way. Um... Yeah, Nike actually have a plus-size section on their website, which is good, I think. But it's like, I'm in two minds about this. What do you think? Because, at what, you know, one, play, uh, one side, I think, it's a good idea to have a plus-size section. Brilliant. So people of, of that size can click on there and, and be taken straight to, uh, you know, a selection of clothes which look good on the bigger person. But then, of course, there's that other... Um, side, which makes me think if people need to go to a plus size section, it cut for me, it kind of feels like they have to go kind of go to a, uh, the special section, if you will, to, to get their size. Does that make sense? It's like I went into Target the other day and there's like a Mr. Big, <laughs> Mr. Big section, which is basically the males, my, the male uh, version of plus size you know what I mean so it's like uh like if I was a, a big big dude I don't know how I'd feel about going to the Mr Big section <laughs> I, I don't know some people might think yeah fuck it I've earned it I've earned it fuck it I'm going to the big boy section <laughs> but I'd want to shop with all I want to I want to shop with all the other um Sizes. I want to go over there where they've got that print on that T-shirt. Over here, I've just got a humongous T-shirt with a tiny print. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, it's great that they've got a plus size, but also I can see why people would be, you know, put off because it feels like they have to go to a different section. It's good. Yeah. But the other thing is they Nike actually got to size 32. That's their. I think that's their biggest size. So, again... Nike are just killing the game right now. Nike and Primark, this is, a, of course, this is no way a sponsored thing. And Nike haven't even responded to this Tanya, whatever her name, Tanya Gold. They haven't even responded or sent any, you know, answers or anything to their questions or anything that's been raised. They've just kept quiet, which is great. And, uh, yeah, they're doing very, very well. So hats off to Nike. Well done. I think uh, it's important what you're doing and it's very <sighs> hats off to you, basically. So, yeah, that's those are my opinions on this whole matter, this whole fiasco, whatever you want to call it. If you have an opinion that is different or you want to share your opinions with me, just go over to thevikingpt.com forward slash podcast and you can just leave a message there and uh, probably feature you on next week's episode. I'd love to know your feedback. I'd love to know. Of course, you don't have to just go there. If you want to reach me on social medias all across Twitter and Instagram, Facebook and that... I'll leave everything at the end of this episode, or if you look at the podcast screen in front of you, in the description, there's probably all my socials there. All right, so the other topic I want to talk to you about is, of course, protein powder. When do we need to take it? Why do we take it? Who's it for? Yada, yada, yada. So most of us know that we take protein powder to help recover our muscles quicker or use use protein powder in that little window. If you didn't know already, we kind of, this is a debate as well, by the way. This, like nutrition as a whole, there's like two sides to every single fucking story. I can tell you what I think and my opinions based on facts and and experience. But of course, if you go down the rabbit hole of the internet, you'll find loads of other people that have different opinions and, and things like that. So I'm going to tell you what I've learned and my experiences. So we need protein in our system, in my opinion, straight after a workout. All right. That kind of like strike when the iron's hot kind of 
idea. Do you know what I mean? So like when you've when you've when you work out and you you you're basically tearing your muscle fibers, right? You're breaking them down. And then basically after the workout, you need to put that protein, and we talked about this before, protein and the um, glycogen, there it is. So we need to put protein and glycogen back into the muscle that we've just burnt out and used up, right? So basically what we need to do is restore all of those um, nutrients back into our body so that our body can function as normal and begin, begin the recovery process so that we're not sore for days on end, right? If you basically just went and did a workout and you didn't have any protein in your system or carbohydrates and things like that, I believe, and from my own experience, that you're more sore, you have more DOMS, after your workout for the next few days than if you were to, you know, take your, your protein and your carbohydrates after your workout. Now, there's a debate about this thing called the window. So after you work out, there is a window of opportunity to put the protein in your system again. Some say it's between uh, 15 and 30 minutes. Some say it's a whole hour. There's like a window where of opportunity where you should put your protein in your system. I go by the basic rule of do a workout, have a protein shake within the next 10 minutes. And then after having that, I would then start cooking my meal or leave it for about 20 minutes and then heat up my meal and then eat, which is going to be, you know, carbohydrates and protein, possibly fats in there as well. So that's my opinion on that, but we're going to dive straight into the facts. So people commonly use whey, which is the type of protein powder you can get. You can get whey, and I believe the other one is casein. If you didn't know already, whey protein powder comes from milk, essentially, right? People commonly use whey as supplementation, such as think you know people like vegans, vegetarians, people who don't get protein from meat, obviously, so they have to have have it in different forms. And whey protein powder is a form of protein, all right? And that goes alongside resistance exercise, like I've said previously, okay? It's to help improve muscle protein synthesis, which is something that I might talk about in another episode because it's a humongous explanation. Anyway, so it helps with muscle protein synthesis, and it promotes the growth of lean muscle mass. But what is it, and what are the benefits of having protein powder in your diet? Well, one, it aids in weight loss. There was a study with 158 people, and it was published in Nutrition and Metabolism, right? Those who were given uh, whey lost significantly more body fat and showed a greater preservation of lean muscle compared to subjects consuming the controlled beverage. Now, you could just say, Dan, you're just reading that from an article. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am reading that from an article because I believe in facts. Facts over fiction. There we go. I just made that up. Facts over fiction. Patent pending. Anyway, so yeah, it aids in weight loss. And of course, the next thing is it lowers your cholesterol, Another study published in the British Journal of Nutrition gave whey supplements to 70 overweight men and women for 12 weeks and measured a number of parameters. They found that there was a significant decrease in total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol at week 12. Amazing, right? The side effects, however, and I haven't had any of these, by the way, some side effects from having protein powder include stomach pains, cramps, reduced appetite, nausea, and headache. Again, from my experience, haven't had any of those, and I've been training for <sighs> bloody hell, well over 15 years, I reckon, 10, 10 to 15 years, and haven't had any of those symptoms, all right? Particularly effective are high-quality protein sources such as whey, which is rich in branched-chain amino acids called leucine. Leucine is the most growth-promoting of the amino acids, and uh, we're going to talk about leucine in just a little minute when it comes to what to look for in protein powder. 
For this reason, whey protein is effective for the prevention of age-related muscle loss, as well as for improved strength and better looking body. Yes, I'm reading it from an article. Yes, I believe in facts. Facts over fiction. Pan pending. Anyway, so basically what that's saying is um, when you get to a certain age, it's around 40 years old. Around 40, your body starts to, uh, I don't want to say lose muscle, but it's, it's harder to gain muscle after a certain age. And that's just the average age that you start to go through the stages of losing and finding it difficult to put on muscle. But if you are taking protein, protein powder, the benefits are that it will aid and improve your, your muscle um, mass and it will kind of slow down the process of losing muscle which is fantastic really if you think about it and uh, there's something to be said as well for creatine which is something that I I don't know if I'm going to have time to talk about today so it's probably going to be in next week's episode I'm going to talk about creatine monohydrate which is a substance also taken with protein I take it with my protein shake and it helps with Loads of things that I'm going to talk about in next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. Let's just adjust myself there. So anyway, for muscle growth as well, protein powder has shown to be more better compared to other types of proteins such as casein and soy. But what are we looking for when we buy protein powder? So one thing that I look for when I buy protein powder is straight up the price. I just look at what's on offer. I look at I, the other thing as well. I look at brands that I've used before. So if I've used protein powder such as Muscle Meds, um, My Protein, um, BSN, you know, big names in the fitness industry, the nutrition industry, supplement industry, whatever you want to call it. I look for brands I know and can trust, things that I've used before because I like the taste, um, but generally I'm looking for the price. Some companies may charge more due to the packaging. So for example, I believe back in the day, my protein, and I think they still do it now, my protein used to, and still probably do, um, package all of their protein, most of their protein in like bags, like big like bags instead of tubs, because I believe it's cheaper, hence why they were able to bring their price down and gain a bigger audience because they were the cheaper option. All right. So that's the thing you've got to take in consideration as well. You're not just buying the protein, you're buying the packaging that comes with it. All right. Another thing you want to take in consideration is how much protein you get per in grams per scoop. For example, I think my protein, you get around 20 grams of protein per scoop, and the scoop is about 25 milliliters. Some protein powders might have a 30 mil scoop. You know, it varies. You've got to look at your macros and calories and things like that. That's another thing. Some protein powders might be higher in calories. Um, You've also got isolate protein powder, which I believe is, it's better, it's, sorry, it's, it's got more protein than carbs. You might find in protein powder, if you look on the back of the tub, it will show you how many calories in each scoop, how many carbs and how many fats and how many, how much protein. And you might find that the carbs and protein are pretty much the same. And if you're trying to lose weight, it might not be the best option for you. If you're trying to lose weight, I would go for an isolate, isolate protein, which, is ha- which has got more protein than it has. Imagine the ratio, protein carbs and fats and protein is the highest number i would look for that i'd look for protein being the highest thing in there and then of course you've got a this is a a fun little thing i do is i look for how many scoops per pound or over here in australia we look for how many scoops per dollar australian dollar so for example i recently purchased a new protein powder from a company called Max's and I was told it's the same company that uh, made Optimum Nutrition, the standard whey protein powder. Well, I thought, fuck it, yeah, let's let's go for that. It's the cheapest, if you think about it, and uh, on, a bit, on a bit of a budget, as I'm sure most of you are. So I gave this a go. The price was $60, which over here is about 30-something quid, and uh, inside you get 30 scoops, I believe. 30 scoops, I could be wrong. It's around 30 scoops, so which I thought, well, that's like $2 
every scoop. So every time I have a protein shake, I'm thinking, that's a quid, that's a quid. And it's kind of nice to know that, and you can start comparing that to other protein powders as well. But the other thing is to, to take in consideration is, is it going to taste nice? So, and this is where you get picky, right? If you're, if you're serious about what you're doing, if you're serious in the fitness journey you're on, you're not going to give a shit about what things taste like. You're just going to cram it in and think function over taste. So you're eating for function, not for taste, right? And that might be the case. It was definitely a case for me back in the day. I just wanted to eat the right things, uh, high quality things, and I didn't give a shit about the taste. I just knew what the outcome was going to be. Now it's kind of like, oh, I kind of mixture of both. I want it to taste nice. I don't, you know, I don't want a horrible aftertaste and I don't want a gritty texture. But then, of course, I've got to look after the pennies and ah, it just becomes a bit of a, a difficult situation. So there are many things to look at. You've got price, how much protein you're getting in the tub, how many calories per scoop, how much does one, just one scoop on its own cost and uh, then you can look at taste. The other thing, this is a big thing, and again, this is for this is like a beginner kind of um, perspective on this whole thing. There, you could go really, really into detail with the substances that you're other you're looking for in the protein powder, but we'll get to that in a later episode. Right now, this is for beginners who have never touched protein powder ever, and you're considering taking protein powder, protein powder. So, the other big thing. At risk of overloading you with information, the other thing you're looking for is the ratio of the branched chained amino acids, also known as BCAAs. You've probably heard of this before, right? So you've got three branched chain amino acids, all right? And your your body has them already, and you've gotten that from food. Certain foods will have that already, but obviously in a protein powder or BCAAs, it will come in a very concentrated form, and you know that each scoop you take, there's going to be a certain amount in there, right? But yeah, just so you know, the, you can find this in normal foods, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But the three branch chain amino acids, the BCAAs, are leucine, isoleucine, and valine, all right? They usually state this ratio on the back of the tub. So if you look, if you've got protein powder, grab it now and check it. Check this out. Look at the back and you'll commonly see a ratio of 2 to 1 to 1. So 2, 1, 1. And then, or you might see 4, 1, 1. And the 2 being leucine, the, the 2 in this case, 2, 1, 1, the 2 represents leucine. So it's always going to be leucine first and then isoleucine and then valine. Right, the bigger the number, the higher the dose per scoop. Right, so and leucine is the the one you want to have the biggest thing. So when I'm looking at protein powder, I want the ratio to be four one one, because leucine is the main BCAA that we're after. It's it's one of the nine essential amino acids in foods. Right, leucine is important for protein synthesis and many metabolic functions. Leucine con- contributes to regulation of blood sugar levels and growth and repair of muscle and bone tissue, the growth hormone production and wound healing. So leucine is like this powerful BCAA, which is going to, it's basically this thing that you're looking for, for a post-workout. You need this in your diet. So leucine also prevents breakdown of muscle proteins after trauma or severe stress, all right? You need leucine, you need BCAAs in your diet, all right? And it's definitely a supplement you can get on its own, like you can get these fruity flavors. Again, it's powder, BCAAs, and you can have it as an intra-workout, you can sip on it throughout the day, but know that it's also included in your protein powder, Again, you're looking for that ratio on the back, and it will probably give you a list of all the amino acids, and it will show you at the top, leucine, isoleucine, valine, with the ratio. You're looking for either 211 or 411, all right? So check that out next time you're buying protein powder, okay? So if you don't want protein powder, right, this is where you're going to find those BCAAs in food, all right? You'll find it in meat, poultry, and fish beans, 
lentils, lentils, milk, tofu, cheese, eggs, pumpkin seeds, quinoa, and nuts. I'm sure cashews and things like that have have them, but mainly uh, meat will have the BCAAs that you're looking for. Again, this is why I said it's very important for vegetarians or vegans to have protein powder because if you think about what a vegetarian and I know a lot of you vegetarians and vegans are out there and you are clenching your fist right now and you want to punch this podcast in the face but it can be difficult especially if you're going out for a meal it can be difficult to get a good source of protein right Normally, it's like potatoes and pasta and all the carbohydrates and beans and stuff like this with hardly any protein in it. So it's important to have this in your diet. BCAAs. I'm serious, especially if you're training, especially if you're lifting weights. BCAAs. Check them out. You can find out more. Just Google BCAAs and, um, you know, there'll be endless, endless results for that and you can dive down the rabbit hole as well, like everyone else. But I'm telling you, as a not, an, I'm not an expert in nutrition just yet. But I have had my own experiences. I've I've been in, working in this industry for over six, seven years now. And I've since before then, I was training myself and having all these supplements all year round. So I feel that I've got a very valuable uh, take on this whole thing. So. To the take-home message for branched-chain amino acids, right? Branched-chain amino acid supplements may provide impressive benefits in certain circumstances, especially when it comes to muscle growth and physical performance. However, BCAAs can also be found in whole protein supplements as well as in a large variety of protein-rich foods. Therefore, taking BCAA supplements may not be necessary, especially if you get sufficient amount through your diet or a protein supplement, right? So it really is, the thing is, if you feel that your diet alone without supplements gives you enough nutrients and enough of the macronutrients and the minerals and vitamins, you, if your actual food will, is, is, will suffice, then don't take protein powder. If, if you can have a meal waiting for you as soon as you finish the gym, there's not really a need for protein powder. But if, of course, if you have that window and you're like, shit, I just finished the gym and I'm I'm stuck in traffic, I'm not going to get home for another hour or whatever, then by all means, a protein powder, a protein shake is absolutely essential to start that recovery process. All right, in my opinion, this is, I use protein powder, vanilla, especially because it goes well with porridge in the morning. I get my protein in the morning and then, of course, I have it straight after a workout. And I also use creatine as well. So, again, something I'm going to talk about in a later episode, I put creatine with my protein powder and shake it up. And that's my protein post post-workout shake and yeah it just helps with the recovery process i've i've noticed that i'm i'm not aching uh, you know for a long long time and don't have sore muscles for days and days and days um if i have enough protein in my body all right so again yeah strike when the iron is hot straight after a workout boom get it in your system start that recovery process a lot of people actually go to the gym and then go straight to bed that's just fucking mental. I don't know how you do it. How do you just go to the gym? I'd be starving. I'd I, because obviously the knowledge that I have, I know that the body needs nutrients straight away to start the recovery process and to f- refuel my body and put the glycogen back in and start the repair uh, process. For people that just go to the gym and then go straight to bed, I have no idea what you're on. Okay, but each to their own, I guess. But uh, anyway, we don't unfortunately have time for creatine. That's my topics that I wanted to talk about today, which is, of course, 
Nike mannequin, the man, the Nike mannequin controversy, and of course my take on protein powder. Who's it for? It's basically for people that go to the gym and lift weights. You could take it from all ages, yada yada yada. Just be looking at things like taste and make sure you look at that branch chain amino acids and the ratio that I spoke about earlier. Should women take it? Absolutely. What's the difference? Like I don't really see much difference if you're a woman or a, or a male. I was going to say female. Um, if you're a woman or a female, <laughs> then by all means. But yeah, like it doesn't really matter to me. Like my partner Chloe takes. We both have the same amount, not the same amount of protein. That's that's a different subject. But we both have the same protein powder, and uh, we both have it every single day because she's a vegetarian. Um, I'm on the brisk of being a vegetarian. I guess I only eat chicken now. And uh, so it's very important for us to have protein in our diets. We both know that. And uh, the other thing as well that I'll touch on in another episode is how much protein should you take? The rule of thumb that I always use is use you have to have one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So, for example, if you weigh 160 pounds, you need to have 160 grams of protein per day. And if one scoop, the average scoop of protein powder is around 20 grams to 30 grams of protein, and then you've got to think about your food, you can start to think, oh shit, I don't have enough protein in my diet, yada, yada, yada. Again, something for a later episode. Anyway, I totally forgot to announce the halfway point in this um in this episode, normally I'd say, hey, it's uh, it's your halfway, uh, it's halfway through the podcast, and uh, if you want to take a short break, then uh, you can go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, if you're doing this whilst, list, you're listening to this whilst you're doing your cardio, fair play to you, it's at the 50 minute, it's at the 50 minute 52 minutes coming up and we are just going to wrap things up now with the normal segments of the podcast so let's have a little look see i've got my notes in front of me all right so oh we've got some questions to answer well i'm going to answer one question because i want to bring the time down on these podcasts so this is a question sent to me by greg greg says i want to be a bodybuilder should i be doing hit training as well as my normal training, which is different body parts each day with one rest day. Okay, Greg, you want to be a bodybuilder. I'm guessing, I'm going to assume you want to be a bodybuilder and you want to get on stage one day and, you know, do the whole, hey, look at me, yeah. So fair play to you, mate. Um, HIT training, for those of you that don't know, is stands for high intense interval training. We all know what that is. You know, you've got forms like Tabata, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest basically doing a lot of energy, expending a lot of energy for a short period of time and then resting. You could either do it for a longer period of time or less rest time. So should you be doing HIIT training as well as your normal training? Well, the thing is, Greg, the thing is, if imagine you're, you're, take, you're putting your body through training a different body part each day, right? So Monday chest, Tuesday legs, Wednesday back, Thursday shoulders, Friday arms, Saturday something else, whatever you missed out. And uh, the thing is, if you're doing HIIT training on top of that, and it, I'm, I'm assuming it's like high explosive energy training, like 20 minutes per day or whatever, think of your joints, man. Think of the your, the joints and the, think of all the things you're putting your body through, right? And then think of the next day. Okay, so let's say... You do hit training on Monday and Tuesday you got to train legs. But on Monday you were doing like jumping squats, jumping lunges, sprints. Imagine your legs and your, your joints and your legs and things like that. When it comes to leg day, you're going to be like, fuck that. And you're going to be more inclined to skip leg day like everybody else. So, yeah, my opinion is if you want to be a bodybuilder, I don't really know any bodybuilders that do hit training at all. I really don't. I struggle. I follow quite a few and have met quite a few bodybuilders in the past. Big names, Phil Heath, Kai Green, uh, I think, uh, Ronnie Coleman. Uh, this is all at Body Power Expo. 
Uh, who's the other one? Uh, what's that guy? The Bonarch Williams guy. I can't remember his name. But yeah, they don't do it. You know what they do? They do something called LIS. LIS is like the opposite to HIT. L-I-S-S. Low intense, steady state cardio. And what that is, is walking on a treadmill. Just walking on a treadmill. At an incline. Or walking on the Stairmaster. Maybe a little uh, cross trainer action. But definitely something low intense would be best suited for you. As someone who wants to keep their joints fresh and you want to have your muscles fresh, ready to train the next day. Right? So if you're doing shoulders on Thursday... But on Wednesday, you're doing cleans and and you're doing thrusters above your head and stuff. Your shoulders are going to be shot to shit for training shoulders the next day. So, in my opinion, I would leave hit training for the to the leave it for another time in your life. You're trying to be a bodybuilder. You want to not ruin your joints. Obviously, you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And imagine you know a 200, 250, 300 pound guy moving around as fast as people do with hit training like imagine joe is his name joe wicks yeah imagine joe wicks on his fucking roof or balcony weighing 300 pounds doing burpees it just doesn't look right it doesn't it, you'll fucking hurt yourself and your joints are going to be fucked so in my opinion for you as a bodybuilder don't do hit training just do lists so stick to doing like a warm-up before your main weight session Afterwards, maybe do 20 minutes to 30 minutes lists, like, you know, cardio in terms of, you know, getting a a fast paced walk is what you need to be doing, I reckon. And then obviously you've got your separate cardio sessions after that. So again, that'll be lists for like an hour every day as well on top of that. But of course, HIIT training could be for those that are, they work, they, they're doing a sport like rugby, football, netball, whoops, football, rugby, netball, or something, a sport, that's when you would include HIIT training. Or if you're just trying to lose weight, you're trying to lose weight and you're not really worried about building muscle and stuff, things like that, do HIIT training by all means. But yeah, just know that if you do HIIT training, there is a risk of injury and uh, there is also the possibility of not being as strong on certain days if you've done some HIIT training before that. Hopefully that answers your question there, Greg. Thanks for sending it in. If you have any questions and you'd like to, you'd like me to answer here on the podcast or if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions of topics you want me to talk about, then please do get in touch. Just go to thevikingpt.com forward slash podcast and then send your message in there. We're going to go straight into this week's episode tip. Sorry, this week's exercise tip of the week. Let's try that again one more time. This week's episode... I fucking did it again, didn't I? (laughs) This ex... Take three. Take four. This week's episode, exercise tip of the week. So this week I'm going to, uh, this, this week's tip is Thor's hammer. So this is when you're training shoulders and you want to mix it up. I encourage you to, because this is obviously Viking themed as well. I want you to grab a dumbbell all right, or a plate and hold it in both hands. So imagine you've got a dumbbell, hold the handle with both hands, hold it straight out in front of you, in front of your face, straight arms, you know, straight face, straight back, straight everything. All right, sexuality I'm not really bothered about right now, but Thor's hammer, you just hold it. It's a static hold. It's, and I would do this after, like, let's say you take the shoulder exercise, shoulder press, straight after you've done that, grab the dumbbell and hold it in front of your, in front of your face and hold it. It's, a, it's an event in strongman competitions, actually. And um, I think, in my opinion, what, when I do it, I feel it in my front deltoid my front shoulder and also feel at my core and my lower back so try it out for yourself thor's hammer hold it up there you could see if you could hold it for as long as you want or and time yourself or you could say all right i'm going to hold this really heavy dumbbell and try and get to 20 seconds or 30 seconds and yeah just challenge yourself make it different i'm sure i'm sure every single week that you train shoulders or upper body i guarantee you're not doing thor's hammer on a regular basis so try it out Switch things up, shock the body a bit. It's a static hold. Give it a try. Thor's hammer. If you're not sure what it looks like, let me know. I'll send a picture or just Google Thor's hammer 
event or exercise and you'll see it there. All right, moving on to this week's top three workout tunes. So these are the, this segment of the show is where I share with you my top three workout tunes that I listen to in the gym and possibly I think you guys would find uh, value in as well. So at num- in no particular order, number one, Queens of the Stone Age. You think I ain't worth a dollar, but I feel like a millionaire. And I guarantee you'll love that. It's a really good high pace that you can listen to it when you're lifting weights or if you're doing cardio, if you're on a spin bike and you're going for it. It's a great tune. Love it. It's a good pace. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Number two, Five Finger Death Punch have made it back into the top three list again. Five Finger Death Punch is the artist's name and Boots and Blood is the song track title check that out heavy love it as you guys know i like to train with some heavy metal in my ears and i just like to just let loose and explode anyway number three again kind of shouty screamy but it's rob bailey and the hustle standard with their track hungry all right very mixed mixture of sounds in there it's not really heavy metal it's like this kind of shouty bassy genre of music but anyway you guys might know rob bailey he's the uh he's the creator he's the operator of flag nor fail the brand that i rep quite well not rep <laughs> i don't represent flag nor fail i like their brand i like their values so rob bailey is the owner and operator and his wife is dana oh god you scared me I'm sorry you scared me you came out of the darkness oh. Whoa. I'm sorry. God, get yourself a drink, woman. That shit me right up. <laughs> Obviously, the listeners can't hear this right now, but Chloe just came out of the fucking dark. I'm sat at the desk with a light on. The hallway is absolutely darkness, and you just appeared from nowhere and just with a look on your face like, oh, shit. I don't want to disturb you. No, don't worry. It's fine. We're just wrapping things up. Yes, Rob Bailey, married to Dana Lynn Bailey. Alrighty, so we're going to finish things off with the quote of the day. And Chloe, you'll like this, actually. You'll like this. The quote of today is not actually a quote. Instead, I want you to practice something. Whenever you feel fed up, miserable, negative, or if you feel like nothing's going your way, I want you to just remind yourself of what you're grateful for. Like if you're grateful for your partner, you're grateful for the health that you have, the fact that you have a roof over your head, you have food on your plate, you can walk, things like that. You you have, you've I don't know, things that you're grateful for. Remind yourself of that anytime you're feeling upset, down, negative, and it will hopefully change those feelings from being negative to positive. So it's something to practice Every day or every now and then when you feel like shit, just think about things you're grateful for. All right. And even if you are, if your, if your partner says one day, oh, this happened at work or this happened in my day, then you can just remind them, just ask them what they're grateful for and spread the joy, spread the positivity. So that's that's basically today's episode and i've kept it a lot shorter than normal we're at the just gone one hour mark and uh yeah to wrap things up my views on the nike mannequin and the plus size range all for it chloe where are you where are you what do you want to come over here and share your thoughts no no huh i agree with you you agree yeah nike well done tanya gold Total bitch. Fuck her. She's an absolute... Yeah. But we're all about spreading positivity. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and protein powder, something I take on a daily basis, as does Chloe, and I encourage you to give it a try if you haven't already and uh, see uh, if you get any benefits, benefits from it, especially if you've never had it before and if you do weight training and things like that. 
So, how can you access more? Well, you can check out the website, which is thevikingpt.com. It's where I have all the programs and everything that I have for sale and blog posts and all the information that I've shared with you today. Everything lives there. It's like a little hub, thevikingpt.com. And of course, we've got my social medias. If you if you have Instagram, Twitter and Facebook... Just uh, type in Viking PT and look for my little logo there. I should pop up. Of course, I've got the YouTube channel, which if you just type in youtube.com forward slash Viking PT, it's where I share all of my recipes and meal ideas and workout ideas and things like that. It's all there. Of course, if you wanted to get in touch again, just go to the Viking forward slash podcast. I think, Chloe, if you're still here. I think what would be a good idea for the next episode is to possibly talk about ghosts. What do you reckon? On your own. <laughs> On your own. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have a think throughout the week what I should be ta- what I would like to talk about in the next episode, but thank you for joining me and hopefully I've made your cardio a little bit less boring or if you if you've been doing your food prep or if you've been driving somewhere, hopefully this has been an enjoyable journey for you. Um, Until next time, thanks again for listening. I'll see you in the next episode.